Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Stand with me if you would. Thank you for being in the house today. If you don't open up your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. Today we're going to talk about the power of God's love. How many of us are glad that God loved us first? Amen. Our lives are different because of that. And we're going to catch Paul here as he's writing to the Ephesians. And really in the scriptures before this to give us some context, he's, he's talking to us and he's talking to the ones he's writing to letters to, which are the Ephesians, but to us as well, that he was saying, listen, this gospel that I preach, my job is to bring light to everyone. I love those words, light to everyone, and the manifold wisdom of God. He's talking about his burden that he has to preach the gospel, to teach the gospel, to deliver this glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, this freeing from our sins. Amen. And here in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 19, he gives us some clues about this. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. We can be filled with the fullness of God. We can have a fullness about us. Our, our mental health can be um, good. Our physical health can be as good as it can. Our relationships. How many of us know we can have some balance those? Amen? All right. I'm, I'm thinking what you're thinking. I'm going to go ahead and pray so y'all can be saved, okay? Father, we love you. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your goodness. Father, just let your spirit illuminate our hearts. God, let the word jump out and grab us, we pray. And everyone says, Amen. you may be seated. Thank you so much. The power of God's love. Love will make you do... Hey, before I get... Go ahead and wave at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you're here today. Really, we are. Yeah, I might even saw a couple high fives there. That's not bad. Way to greet. Way to greet. Love will make you do funny things. Yeah, how many of you guys know that? You find the love of your life and it makes you do funny things and you change things because of love. And uh, I was thinking about this uh, yesterday. I have to share this story with you. It involves my wife and my child and it's, it's a good story. We're sitting around the breakfast table and what I used to do all the time is I love to wake up on Saturday mornings and watch Saturday morning college football. Do I have any football fans out there with me? Good, good. Uh, this is football country, right? But one of the things that I loved was the ESPN pregame show. How many of you guys watch that? You know, it comes on at 10 or 11 o'clock and they have all the commentators and different things like that. Yesterday, we're eating breakfast together. We have our eggs and our bacon and our um, pancakes and we're eating together as a family. And I see how excited Mary and Callie are about this. And that gets me really excited. Because whenever I first knew Mary, that excitement wasn't there. I mean, she knew some about football, but she didn't really know, you know, left from right when it came to football. And, and, and Callie, for sure, as she's developed um, in our life and things like that, she's really grown. So last night, or yesterday morning, we're watching this, and they're getting excited about it. I mean, they're telling their commentators that they're commentating on the commentators commentating. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. And I look at Callie, I'm like, I didn't even know you like college football. She goes, Dad, I don't. I just like to know who's going to win and try to pick those guys. I'm like, great. 
And Mary's so full of advice that I can't even hear the commentators commentating what their opinion is because I hear the two opinions of the other two ladies at the table. And I'm thinking, my goodness. But you know, a while back it wasn't that way. But because they've grown in love for me, they've grown to like some of the things that I like. And it's an amazing thing because the more that you love God, the more you love what God loves. And I'm going to try my best not to get emotional, but the, the, the crux of the message is easy. Many times in our life we say, God, how do I fight this sin? Have you ever, have, let's get real. Any real Christians in the house this morning? How many of you prayed that? How many of you prayed this? God, how do I work with this broken heart? How do I make it through? What we need is more of God's love in our life. That's really what we need. If you want to overcome sin, you need to love God more. Because the more you love God, the more you love the things of God. That's the reason why, as pastors, we get up behind the pulpit and we really struggle when people say, Oh, Pastor Matt, I love God. And then I look at their life, and their life is the opposite of loving God. And our hearts break, not because we want to tell people how to live, but we know that that can't be salvation because salvation is, I've been regenerated, my heart has changed, my life is different from the time that I met Christ and I surrendered my life to Him. It is different. doesn't mean we don't have struggles and mistakes, so we have those. But my life is different because I do things that I didn't do because I love a God that I didn't really love before. But now that I love God, the more that I love him, the more we want to do the things that God wants us to do. And we love him more. And Paul is writing. He's saying, listen, I preach the gospel. I do all these things. But he talks about being rooted and grounded in the true love of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And it's an amazing thing. And it's, it's something that will just take you by captive. In, in, in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, it says this, um, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And then in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, it says this, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it talks about how hope doesn't disappoint because this Holy Spirit has poured love into our heart. And it's an amazing thing to think about how God wants to captivate us with his love. He wants our heart, he wants our mind, he wants our speech, he wants our actions. And we shouldn't be discouraged whenever we're not speaking what we think we believe. Go with me here for a second. But instead, that helps us use it as a gauge of saying, God, I might not love you in some of the areas like I need to love you because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if my mouth is speaking this and my actions are doing this and it's contrary to your word, then that's a gauge of me really knowing that maybe I don't love you as much as I could love you or as much as I need to love you. Amen? Because God helps us understand that it's not an I got you button or I told you so. But rather, it's because of the love of God. Every rule and regulation that God helps has, the reason why He has it is so we can get closer to Him because He never wants us to be separate from Him. So every rule and regulation, commandment, call Him whatever you want to, whatever He has put out there, He's put out there by His glorious love that we could be more like Him and be closer to Him day after day after day. It's not the fix-all pill or our lives are just glorious, is it? Oh, no, no, no. We all have difficulties and situations. But the thing that we want to be is overwhelmed. I was on the beach with my wife. We took a vacation about four or five years ago now. We went down to 30A. And it was clear water. Now, we had been down to um, Galveston, which was a great, a great thing. But you have to walk across seaweed and the, the sand is kind of dingy. You know what I mean? It kind of looks like they have a constant oil spill. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. So we lighten up, folks. It's okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. 
We went down to where the waters were clear. You could walk 100 yards from the beach and look down and you could see your feet. You could get caught in the sandbars. It was amazing. And one of the things that I noticed as I sat up there, just how overwhelming the power of the sea and the power of the ocean really is. I would, I would sit down and wait for, those, um, wait for those waves to roll in and they would smash me and pummel me in the face and I loved it, man. Because I couldn't handle it. They'd just flip me upside down and whenever that wave got through with me, I mean, I'd have sand in my bathing suit. I'd have it in my face, in my ears. You know what, anybody else, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, it was beautiful. Then we would get set on the beach and we would have, we'd be sitting up underneath the umbrellas just chilling like you do on vacation. And we're like, we're hungry, so we'd go get a pizza. And I would go get a pizza and bring it back down. And now all of a sudden we're eating pizza and drinking some stuff on the beach. And it's amazing. I mean, and I'm worried, is, am I going to hear other people's music? Am I going to hear other people's stories? But what happens is the sound of the beach is just so overwhelming. The sound of the ocean is just so overwhelming that it tuned all that stuff out. And it was an amazing moment because I realized that I was just being overwhelmed by the glorious creation of our Lord and Savior. That's what God's love does to our life whenever we'll allow the floodgates to be open. <laughs> Whenever the problems of the world get loud, God's love can be louder. Whenever naysayers get around you, put you down. Whenever you see sin that breaks your heart and you go into your prayer room and you're like, God, how, how can I handle this? How can I do this? You know what's louder than all those voices? God's love. It can overwhelm you and push you to do the things that you know that you need to do. Step out and be courageous and have bravery that otherwise you couldn't come out with yourself. I just can't do it, so how do I do it? More of God's love. Because there's power in God's love. There's power in God's love to make us do what He has called us to do. Because after all, it is an opportunity to serve Him. Amen? Amen. This is the thing. There's nothing wrong with being overwhelmed. We just got to know what's overwhelming us. Sometimes in our world, we, we look at being overwhelmed as kind of a negative thing. It shouldn't be. But we need to be overwhelmed by the right thing, not the wrong thing. Amen? So as we look at this scripture, I hope it will help us understand and, and break down some things in our life. The first thing that I see as I look at scripture is simply this. God love, God's love gives us the strength that we need. Many of the times in the world that we face, we just don't have the strength. Have you guys ever woken up and been like, man, I don't know if I can get through today? Maybe something bad has happened, the circumstances changed, an environment has changed, something has changed in your life, and it wasn't like it was yesterday or two weeks ago, so now you're trying, saying, God, give me the strength to make it through. You've been witnessing to a person. You've been loving a person that seems very hard to love. God, where do I get the strength from that? Will you allow God's love to be poured onto your life? This is Paul here in Ephesians chapter 3, 14, 15, and 16. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. That we can be strengthened in our inner being. The power, the love of God shoots straight to the issue. It goes to a place that only God's Spirit can go to. You know, we, we think too much about Satan. We give him too much power. We act like Satan is, is God's nemesis, like a co-equal or something. And he is not. Our God is the most powerful, supreme. Amen? But this is what the issue is with all of us. We give the Satan access to things. The Bible says we can guard our heart. 
So if our heart is not guarded, Satan creeps in. It's what Satan does. And the reality is we give him access. And we have to be willing to take that back. And we guard our heart because our heart is reserved. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. The Spirit of God pours the love of God into us. Our heart is reserved. It's reserved because that's our reservoir for strength to do what God has called us to do. To follow the task that He's called us to fall. I love what Paul said. Here's the Apostle Paul. Bow my knees. It is difficult. It is difficult to bow your knees to God when it seems like everybody else in culture is bowing their knees to everything else. No different for Paul. He looks back and he says, listen, I bow my knee for this reason. The love of God helps us take that knee. When everybody else is taking a knee for everything else, for politics, for division, for sports, for whatever stance they're going to take, for men's opinion, but we as children of God say, no, my knee hits the floor for one thing, and that's my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It takes strength to do that. And the reason why we don't have strength to do that is because we've opened up our heart to other things and it stops the flow of God's strength and power of His love into our heart. It's tough. Sometimes we don't, we don't have to struggle as much as we do as Christians. But we're not disciplined to guard ourselves sometimes, are we? Things creep in. Paul continues, he says in which every family is named, and you have to love that. See, he brings us back to identity. He said our identity is found in the love that we have for God and the love that he has for us. Pastor Mike said it so well a couple weeks ago. So many times we think we have to earn, we have to earn, we have to earn a family name. But as children of God, we don't have to earn it. We don't have to achieve it. We don't have to come in and say, God, if I'll just do this better and more, then you'll love me more. No, that is man's love, and that's the culture that we live in. And God is trying to get in our head, in our hearts, that listen, you are now a child of the Most High God. You don't have to achieve it, but you can receive it. So we come in with our hearts unguarded before God, saying, please pour your love in. It helps us with our identity. There's something very, very strong in a person's life when they know where they came from. You take somebody who doesn't know where they come from, they usually have a lot of problems that follow that. But God says we can have that. To be strengthened in the power of His Spirit and finally into that inner being. Paul uses all these phrases to help us understand that, listen, this walk that God has called us on, you're going to need strength. You're going to need strength to bow your knee to God when you don't feel like you're, you need to. Let's, let's get real here as Christians. Sometimes God tells us things that he wants us to do that we don't really want to do. And if I relied on emotion, I wouldn't bow my knee. But I have to rely on his love that fills my heart. Because God, I want to love the things that you love. So the only way to love the things that you love is to love you more. Because the more I love you, the more I'll love the things that you love. The struggle is there and we all feel it. 
It's a true strength that so many times we think, man, if I just work harder, if I bulldoze just a little bit harder, God, you can make this thing happen. Maybe there's something that I'm not earning. Maybe there's something here that I'm trying to achieve, God, and I'm going to go after it and go after it and go after it. And I feel like sometimes God is just saying, listen, just receive my love that I have for you. And if, you're, if, if you struggle in the areas of addiction or some kind of sin that's attached to your life and you're trying to overcome it, I want to encourage you this morning... Sometimes we cannot find it within ourselves to overcome it. But if we will allow God's love to continue to flood our life, we go to our word, we worship, we get around people of faith, and we say, God, I want to love you more and love you more. It's amazing how when love fills us, all that other stuff begins to be washed away. And you sit back and you think, how did I do that? You didn't. It's the strength that we find in the love of God. It's nothing that we did. See, it's a very powerful thing, God's love, because it's so overwhelming. John chapter 13, 35 says this, but all this, pe but all this people will know that you are my disciples if, I, if you have love for one another. As a born-again believer of a child of God, we want to love like this because this is one of the marks that whenever the world looks, out, looks from the outside and sees in, they say this is what distinguishes them from anybody else. That they have this love that you cannot explain for one another. They have this love that causes them to look past things. Now listen, we don't look past principles or sin or anything like that, amen? But mistakes and faults and failures and things, listen, we're not perfect. And we want to be careful... Not to shoot our own wounded. Because whenever you're getting filled up with God, there's going to be some things that overflow out of you. And we want you to know, here Ray, I hope we love you. And we're all pretty much in the same boat because I don't know about y'all, but there's some stuff inside of me that I really wish God would continue to wash out of my life so I could be more like Him. What's the remedy? What's the prescription? More of God's love. Because if I'm going to overcome anything, it's in the strength that I overcome it. And it's not in my strength, but it's in the love of Jesus Christ. Paul helps us here as he continues. He gives us some really good advice here. God, um, God's love gives us power to start. One of the most difficult things in life is if you don't have a starting place. If you've ever gone to college or started in the workforce, which many of you, if all of you guys haven't started a new job, that type of deal, you know those first couple weeks, couple days are very, very difficult. It's like what we call with the launching pad. It's where it takes most of the fuel to get the rocket off the ground and all these type of things. And starting is one of the hardest things because you don't always have what you need. My brother's a diesel mechanic and he works up at Freightliner in Oklahoma City. Went to Old Mulgee, did the two years, got a job at Freightliner. And one of the first things that he had to buy was a whole set of tools. So I walked in there, and I didn't even know you could buy tools that you had to pay off by the month. But when you're in that business, it seems like you need some pretty expensive stuff. And, and how many of us has bought some furniture? You know what I'm talking about? Like in 36 months, this furniture will be mine. It's in your house and everything else, you know. It's like Jeff Foxworthy says about financing a tattoo, you know. A couple more months, this dude right here. It's mine. <laughs> Please don't finance tattoos, okay? 
<laughs> if you're that broke, you don't need a tattoo, really. <laughs> no. But we've all been there when we've just started. And it's one of the most difficult things. That, but that's the amazing thing about the love of Jesus Christ is it gives us a place to start and reminds us as believers where we started. And it will make us fall in love with Jesus Christ even more. Because one of the questions that I have is simply this, and I know that you deal with it too. God, I'm trying to reach a world, but I also love you so much. So how do I reach a world and not confirm their sin and not condone it but at the same time I'm not here to judge either so how do I do this have you guys ever asked that question God, God I, it seems like I'm caught in this in this warp if you will like I really want to honor you and I want to love you when I get around what, what do I do how do I, how do, I do it Many times as brothers and sisters in the Lord, you're thinking to yourself, God, where do I start with this person? Have you ever thought about that? Maybe there's some kind of conflict or rub and you think, where do I start in this problem, this situation, this circumstance? If you're in the house this morning and you say, Matt, I don't even know where to start at. And you're unsaved, I'm about to show you that you start with Jesus every single time. Amen. And as believers, we're with you. Because we realize where God started with us. And thank God, God loves us too much to leave us like he found us. Here, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Where's the starting point? In my heart? How do I do that? In faith, I believe that Christ, you're going to pour your love into my heart. That's where we start. John chapter, 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. We love because he first loved us. We cannot love like we need to love unless Christ did what he did. But since Christ did what he did, I can now love like I've never loved before in a whole new level. And I can love the unlovable because Christ loved me and I was unlovable. See, we want to put this picture in us because we're not some bad person. We want to say, well, the unlovable... It's somebody who has probably greater sin than I have. But this is the problem. We can measure sin all we want to, but it was sin, 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 sin that kept us out of the gates of heaven, that kept us from a relationship with our Lord and Savior. So at one point, we are lovable and we know how to love because Jesus first loved us. So we're all together. It was sin that separated us from God. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ that we become the righteousness of God. Regardless of the sin. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. I must love God because God is not a source of love, but God is love. And to love like God loves, I must love God first. That's the reason why people can't say, oh, I can love without loving God. No, according to Scripture, you cannot. Because if you know it's not love, you know it's not God. For God is love. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. For while we were still weak, at the time Christ died for the ungodly, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person 
one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. <clears throat> this last week I was on a conference and we were singing the song, The Same God, where it goes down and talks about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I had a revelation. Now this was my revelation. You've probably already had it. But I was in the pews and I just kneeled down on my knees and I raised my hands and I began to weep. Like, you know how you blubber cry sometimes? Like it's almost embarrassing, like snot running down your... You know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh, it's going to be okay, God loves me. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it was one of those moments. Because it, it came to me understanding that the same God that created the universe that we read about in Genesis. The same God that was with David and Daniel, the same God that was with the apostles, is the same God that tunes his ear towards me. See, in life, I talk to somebody. And I talk to them 20 years later, and they've changed. They don't even like some of the same things that they liked. In some ways, it's like talking to a, another person. Have you ever looked at your spouse of 20 years and say, I don't even know if I know you? <laughs> Someone like, man, I did that, and we've only been together a month. <laughs> Hang on, it only gets worse sometimes. God's not like that. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same God that was with Daniel, he was being lowered into the pit. The same God that was with David as he was taking ground for Israel and when he was caught in his sin. The same God hears mine and your prayers. That's how much he loves us. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that my strength can be found in that love. That while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. Where do we start? When you're reaching the world, remember where you started. I was ungodly. I was an enemy of God. I was a poser. For some of us, we'd been to church multiple times and we knew what to say and knew what to do. Yet we had some struggles in our life that we weren't willing to turn over. Maybe you were lost completely in the world and you said, listen, I don't care. I don't want nothing to do with church. I don't want nothing to do with church people. I don't want nothing to do with God. I don't want anything to do with any of that. Those are the people that Christ died for. So that we could be who we are today. We could be in the fullness. We could be in the strength and the courage of our Lord and Savior. We could have the power to look at sin and say, I don't want to do that. And I turn my back on sin and I turn my face to God. Being lost in the world, you don't have that authority and power. Oh, people think they do. But it's simply not there. But how did all that start? Because of the love of God. Because He loved us first. Paul continues and helps us understand God loves gives us the power to live in fullness Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17 that you being rooted and grounded in love 
there's an amazing thing that we understand that we actually live in the fullness of God. That whenever we're taking communion like we did today and we understand that we can live in the holistic, the holistic life that God allows us to live now through Jesus Christ. That that can be mentally and physically and it can be spiritually. Some of you might be thinking, I think I'm going to have to have a broken heart the rest of my life. You're trying to overcome something in your life and you think, God, am I just going to have to live with this? Well, if it poses itself against God, you don't have to. Because He allows us to be whole. He allows us to take that authority because how much He loves us. But my strength is not found in myself, it's found in His love. Romans 8, 38 and 39, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Something we hold to heart as believers. You guys, I'm sure you've heard of witness protection. Somebody witnesses a serious crime or maybe a crime of any sort, more serious the, the government will show up, the law enforcement will show up and, and take those people and hide them, hide their identity until maybe the trial comes along. I'm sure we've seen all this in movies and different things like that. Well, some of the things that we do as Christians whenever we come in here is we come in here with image protection. We sit down in the pew because we live in a world that will love you as you love them. Sometimes that bleeds off onto us. We, we get hurt and frustrated and we build up walls. We have brokenness and we don't really want to reveal it. So we come into the house of God and we have that image protection. Oh, brother and sister, I'm doing so great. Life is wonderful. And really inside you're just a broken mess. It's a bro broken child. It's a broken dream. It's a broken relationship. Maybe it's sin that you haven't dealt with and you're broken. And we want to come in here and hide our image from God, but nothing can separate us from the love of God. He died for all sinners, so we come in here and we say, God, this is who I really am. Exodus chapter 34, Moses comes down from Mount Sinai. He has the two tablets, which are the Ten Commandments, in his hand. And because he had been in the presence of God, whenever he came down, his face glowed. People could hardly look at him. What they actually did is take a veil and drop it over his face so people could look at him. Whenever we get in the presence of God, it begins to affect our image. But we can't hide it from God. And if we want to look more like God, we allow his image to permeate our life. Because when we love what God loves, we begin to look like God looks. And just like Moses coming down off that mountain... And his likeness was changed, if you will. When we come in here, I want to encourage you. Take the veil off. I, I'm not into witness. I'm not into image protection anymore, God. I'm really struggling. Some of, just to be real with you, some of my best prayers have been at this altar. It's been in my office. It's been in my car driving down the road. But they, they all stem under one thing, Honesty. God, I feel like acting this way, but I know that's not godly, so would you please help me? 
Because I want to act like you act, and the only way I know to get strength is to ask you, because you said that your Holy Spirit would pour love into my heart so I could be more like you. You said that the, that the hope doesn't disappoint, so God, I'm standing here in hope with you, saying, heal my broken heart, heal my mind, heal my body, God, touch my emotions. I know I have this thing in my life. Please break it off so I can be more like you. And all the time, God's in heaven say, I've been waiting for this moment. Because it's in those moments that God can change us. He can work through us. He can use us. It's the one with the broken heart and the broken spirit that comes before God. God sent us into the world and He calls us to do some very difficult things in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. That we may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. I want you to know you're not alone. Because Paul is writing, listen, we all struggle with this. We want all the saints to understand really the love that God has for them and how deep it runs. How we as believers can come into the house and say, God, please touch my life today. And although the world rejects you, and sometimes we even reject ourselves, we can come into the house of God as broken Christians saying, God, please heal me, and He will move on our behalf. He calls us into the world, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. Put on them as God's chosen, put on then as God's chosen ones. Holy and beloved. Now here's where it gets hard, because he's asking us to do some things. Uh, he's saying, we've got to put on compassionate hearts and kindness and humility and meekness and patience. We have to bear one another up. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Verse 14, above all these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. See, as believers, God is going to ask us to do some things and tells us to do some things that is very difficult. It's difficult to walk in kindness when it seems like nobody else is. It seems, to walk, it seems hard to walk in humility when other people are not walking in humility. And, oh my goodness, we don't even want to talk about patience, do we? But God's got that planned. Because we'll reach perfect harmony. The Stradivarius violin is one of the greatest instruments ever created, really. Beautiful tune. They figured out that the wood sends these amazing vibrations. That's what makes it play beautiful sound. But the wood to make the violin is only sourced out of Switzerland. And it's sourced out of these spruce and maple trees. And these trees are overshadowed by bigger trees. So these trees do everything that they can to grow up so they can reach the sun. And the trees that we see around here with the multiple forks and little knots and things, they don't have them. They're straight up and down. In life, when we're trying to do things God's way and trying to love the Lord and the world like He loved it, not where it becomes what we want, but where it becomes what we want to impact, we can feel overshadowed. 
God, I'm trying to be humble, but these people are not. God, I'm trying to be meek, but it's not working. God, you said to be kind. Well, I've already done that, and I'm still here. It, things haven't changed. But this is the amazing thing about those maple and spruce trees. The very thing that overshadows them is what causes them to be used and create perfect harmony and sound in a violin. It's the struggle that makes them unique for something that can only be used to make great sound out of. The things that overshadow our life are the very things that God are using so that He can use us in a very unique, specific way. And just like that violin, that our lives might bring a great sound to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as He sees it lived out. But there's only one way to do that. It's not in our own strength, it's not in our own power, it's just by the love of Christ. It's the love that we can't source ourselves. If those people would have changed by your love, they would have already changed because you've loved them. If that situation, circumstance would have changed, hey, you've loved enough. God, I gotta have your love. Well, how do I love? I remember how God loved me. And in the midst of my mess, in the midst of my chaos, in the midst of my rebellion, He loved me first. And I want you to know He loves you. If you're not saved, He loves you and He wants you to be in His kingdom. But you have to do it His way. And Jesus Christ is the only way. But for my brothers and sisters, He loves you. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.